Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? All right, welcome on back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. It is Monday, October 31st. Happy All Halloween. All right, welcome on back to another Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. <laughs> Oh, very fitting. Very fitting there. Not sure what's going on, but that's okay. A little bit of an echo. He's muted now and we're figuring it out on the fly. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Okay. Just like the Ravens figured it out on the fly today when they traded for one Roquan Smith, the all pro linebacker of the Chicago Bears. Ravens send over a second round pick, a fifth round pick, AJ Klein. The Bears send Roquan their way and they pick up the tab. They take his salary uh, for this year. So he is going to be on the last year of his rookie contract here. Got to think a fat extension is coming his way, whether it's in Baltimore or elsewhere. But uh, I think I know what we're both expecting on that front. I'm joined on my screen by Spencer Nathaniel Schultz. How's it going, pal? How how we dealing with the news here? How's the how's the Halloween vibes? Just all give me all the answers. It's spooky season. I'm enjoying myself. I got really excited when the Ravens traded for Roquan Smith. I think anytime you can get a 25-year-old player at a primo position like linebacker that's been a two-time All-Pro and do so without spending a first-round pick and do so without really mortgaging the future in any way, shape, or form yet, it's a good thing. Good football players are good at football. Good players win games. If you win games, then you're a good team. Good teams can win Super Bowls. All of those fun things. So Roquan Smith, to me, is someone that it says the Ravens have committed into the new NFL defensively. They are playing more too high. They are among the top 10 teams in terms of too high usage, cover two, cover four, cover six, two man, all that kind of stuff. So when you play too high, that means that there's less defenders in the box. When there's less defenders in the box, you need your linebackers and your defensive linemen to be better so that you can still play the run effectively while putting the lid on the defense so or on the offense, I should say, downfield. So Roquan Smith is one of, I would say, Eric Kendricks, Fred Warner, uh, maybe De- – I think I've seen Devin Lloyd do it a couple times already. I think that's it, man. I think those are really kind of the three, four – maybe there's someone I'm missing that can actually go cover a wide receiver in the slot and carry the seam vertically. If you think back to – Alabama's championship run, Devontae Smith, what would Alabama constantly force defenses end up doing? 
trying to cover their number three with De- who is Devonte Smith or Jalen Waddle or one of those with a linebacker. We watched Pete Werner get absolutely toasted against Ohio State in that situation. So you are saying we can keep Roquan Smith and or Patrick Queen on the field more, defend the run better. They are going to be better against the run than a line than a safety is for the most part because they are bigger. They are trained to do so and talented to do so. So they they have the technical prowess to take on blocks, fit the run, do all of those kinds of things. And you don't need your safeties to be in the box. So I would expect we see a little bit more nickel, a little bit less dime. Maybe you use Kyle Hamilton in the slot more so, and I'm going to pass it on to you. <laughs> I wonder why. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you, you nailed it all. And I think also the sideline to sideline ability is really what stands out with my you know lesser trained eye watching him. He just seems like a guy who gets east west so well and also covers uh east west um type stuff with authority um and that's a little bit of a a weakness of patrick queen's game at times i think it's more so when he's going into coverage but he does have issues with pursuit over pursuit sometimes and i think roquan's a lot more commanding in that regard so i like it a lot from that perspective and he's just a dude man like he is one of those guys i think uh in the league when you think about dominant defensive players and i i get the argument against you know positional value and all that kind of stuff as an argument against it um i'm not in love with giving up a second round pick Uh, i'm not in love with having to pay 20 million dollars but he's an awesome player and uh that's really going to help you in the short term i think it's going to help you in the long term because i guess getting into it now i think he is going to get that extension i do think it kind of spells the end of queen uh in baltimore uh potentially so that's uh, unfortunate for a guy that we like and who's coming on strong, but uh, you know who knows what can happen. Plugging those two in together, uh, perhaps that's going to help him. He is graded poorly on PFF. I wanted to hear your thoughts on that as you pull that comment up. So what's the deal there? Do they just PFF hate has no linebackers? idea how to grade linebackers in coverage? And the reason that I like Sports Info Solutions better than PFF is because linebackers are play enders. They are chasers. They are the greyhound that goes after the rabbit. For instance, I think back to C.J. Mosley's time in Baltimore. There's the fourth down play Patrick Mahomes makes against the Ravens a couple years ago uh, over C.J. Mosley when it was really Eric Weddle blew a coverage. And C.J. Mosley saw what happened, tries to go run it down, can't get his hand on the ball. And everyone's like, why the hell is C.J. Mosley covering Tyreek Hill? He wasn't. He wasn't covering Tyreek Hill. So why I like Sports Info Solutions better in their charting is that they'll do what's called team defense targets. If a linebacker isn't playing man coverage or someone is not in their zone with them like directly, they don't just chart the closest person to the receiver as being targeted. You're not covering that person just because that you were kind of by default the closest person. So I think they are frankly really bad at charting and grading uh, linebackers and coverage in particular. I think that's been the case for years. I've said that on Twitter multiple times. I also think that coverage in general is a really – obtuse thing to try to grade with a scalpel when you don't know the play call. I think that is the worst thing you can try and chart is coverage in general, especially zone coverage, man coverage. If it's a cover zero, if it's, you know, uh, two man, if it's cover one, all right, you know, you can kind of get it. You still don't know in certain situations who was supposed to switch, who was supposed to do things. So I also think that cover, like for instance, cover six is something that teams run multiple times a game and no one charts it. They all call it cover four. They all call it cover two. Like teams, if someone's in trips, you don't play cover four usually that often. You play rip Liz or you play like cover six and you rotate. So you play quarter, quarter, half. So you're playing cover two on one side, cover four on the other side. So I just don't think 
Coverage is something that is easily graded. And then when you go look at advanced metrics like EPA per target, like point saved, like all of these kinds of kind of more advanced things that uh, RBSM offers or Sports Info Solutions offers, Roquan Smith has been a lead at it for so long. He's a two-time All-Pro. Um, uh, Eric Kendricks is like has like a 46 grade in coverage on PFF right now. And that's ridiculous. Like they, they don't know how to chart coverage. I don't think really anyone does. I don't think you can know that well unless you are truly like, I don't think I could chart it that well. I don't think anyone can chart it quite that well, unless you're like someone that played division one football at a high level on defense, probably or quarterback or maybe receiver or, or we're in the NFL for a period of time. I really don't think people can quite tell things as easily as they think they do. Then we make all these assertions about it. Do we know if they're playing too high? Yes. Do we know if they're playing you know, certain things? Yes. Uh, but when, again, when you look at any advanced metric, he is elite as a coverage linebacker. And then when you look at what he's asked to do, like I said, carrying a receiver vertically, there's only a, that is a unicorn talent to have the ability to fit the run as a linebacker and do so with any sort of consistency and then go carry a, a receiver vertical. So, um, it's a, I think it's a very arrogant take that we know what teams are running in coverage all the time. Yeah, and I think um, he might be a quote-unquote liability there, as some people are saying, but I don't know. If he can even do the the carry the third wide receiver thing even a couple more times than we've seen from this defense, I think that's going to be a massive help. I mean, how many plays are you really seeing a wide receiver match up with a number three or a linebacker match up with that number three wide receiver? He's also kind of talking about the pursuit stuff and like the being in command. It Definitely, I, I feel a lot more comfortable and this. I don't want this podcast to turn into like digs at Queen or anything like that, but we've seen some times where Queen gets lost pursuing some of these alien quarterbacks, which is understandable for like a guy even of his caliber, first round talent, because it's just so hard to stay step for step with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen when they're again, they're, Queen was not like a top 10 or a top 15 pick. Like he was barely a first round pick. He was not drafted at the top of the draft. And right. what you're going to say is that Roquan Smith was. Yeah, that's part of it. And Part of, I think, what makes me a lot more comfortable going up against a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, a Joe Burrow a little bit with their elusiveness, I feel like him one-on-one -on -one with a guy like that, he's going to be able to first get there and then second bring them down a lot more uh, comfortably than you'll see some, from most linebackers in the league. I just think he brings that thumping capability. I think he has that type of range, and he's, just, uh, he's that type of commanding presence in the middle that they've missed since number 52 was there. I mean, this is uh, and I guess that goes into a larger conversation. We talked about Marcus Williams finally solving a problem position that has been an issue since Ed Reed left. This to me is that move since Ed Reed's running mate left as well. This is the one that uh, is going to solve it for him at inside linebacker for a long term if they get a deal done, which obviously we'll see. But I think we're both in the camp that we think it is going to get done at some point. It would be really just against what the Ravens do and what the way that Eric DeCosta has operated over the last half decade to not extend him. Uh, but at the same time, you don't have to. A second-round pick does suck to lose, but it's like if you think this is a move that makes your defense to a point where it's going to help you truly compete against the Chiefs and the Bills, essentially, in this AFC, maybe throw the Chargers in there, then – a second round pick is not like that. That's the most aggressive. If the most aggressive thing you've ever done with like letting go of draft capital is a second round pick, it's not like, you know, it's not less need like going insane with Jared Goff and all that kind of stuff. It's not throwing picks everywhere all over the place. So 
the odds of that second round pick turning into a quality starter over, you know, their rookie contract is probably 35. I think it's like 35 to 40% typically over any five year period. So I don't know. I'm happy to see them make a move. Yeah. And I think that if you get an all pro player at 25 years old at a position that has more stress on it than it has in the past, where have they spent their assets this year? Marcus Williams, spine of the defense. Kyle Hamilton, spine of the defense. Michael Pierce, sign of spine of the defense. Brent Urban, they bring in as well. Travis Jones, they draft in the third round. They just drafted Justin Matabike. Then on offense, Tyler Linderbaum, you draft in the first round. You're drafting up that spear. And that is because you're playing too high and because you're playing against too high structures. Like cornerbacks have less stress on them in too high structures. It's it's a very interesting way of of people thinking that they're like zagging but they're they're zigging yeah <laughs> the zigzag like all that kind of you know all that kind of stuff is really really interesting to me and i think um i don't know it just it, to me it just boils down to they they got a really awesome player on defense and i think he is going to be a really long-term solution there for them once they do lock him down and it is a lot of money to give up for an inside linebacker i'm not in love with it from that perspective but you solved a problem for the next decade, like we just said, and that's a, that's a very comforting thought, I think, because you, you plug him in. I think you, you plug him in there back with Williams, who's also going to be locked up for a long time. I mean, you've got a very good spine of this defense, to use your terminology, and yeah, I guess we can get a little bit into sort of the elephant in the room, which was the fact that you had other needs, too, chief among them, uh, as our... <laughs> as the fan base that we're a part of, and myself included to an extent, uh, we're really kind of looking for was the wide receiver move. Still time to make one. Still some guys out there. They, the Bears carrying uh, Roquan's salary for this year, I think makes it such that they can still make one if they want to. And uh, I, I'm interested to see if they do kind of go back to the well and they do try to bring some reinforcements in or if they just look at Deshaun Jackson as the end-all be-all here. I think it's right player, right price. And what they seem to think is that they get – I mean, what have the Ravens told us? They think they get good value out of tight ends. And cheaper receivers like Sammy Watkins. So what have they done? Spend some picks. They haven't broken the bank. They deal Hollywood somewhat ahead of him getting an extension. Uh, all of those kinds of things. So with that, I don't know. I think that them not having to pay Roquan Smith this season, aside from the minimum, still having a little bit of money, could certainly turn into a Denzel Mims or a Kendrick Bourne or a Nelson Aguilar or another receiver of that realm. And, and you go add and just another little bite of that. And I think you're, you're deep enough to do some things. Uh, it's a coming out that the Texans will only listen to offers that include a second round pick for Brandon cooks. It sounds like teams are kind of chomping at the bit there. I know. I mean, I know it won't happen and I kind of think he's a douchebag, but as a, as a fan, but I really like chase Claypool's <laughs> skill set. And what he does and the way that he what he could bring to this Ravens offense on the perimeter. And I just have had my own fan fiction in my head of them Trojan horsing the Steelers using another team. The, another team trades for Chase Claypool for a fifth round pick and then the Ravens send a fourth round pick to that team and double double. I, that's probably less than a 1% chance of happening, but that's the fan fiction I've conjured up something along those lines. We'll see. There is also the possibility of Odell Beckham still out there in the stratosphere. Um, things of that nature. Willie, or excuse me, Will Fuller said that he retired and was listed as retired on the NFL transactions list. So uh, I think that automatically does happen when players are inactive for a certain period of time, something like that. But don't think that's going to 
be the solution there. So curious. I don't think they're quite done yet. And you don't have a ton of picks anyway. You know, if you can hold on to that first round pick still, you've drafted four first round picks in the last two years. You had a monster draft class. So it's like, if you look at this year's draft class plus next year's draft class, let's say they only have five picks in that one. They're still picking 17 times, which is more than seven picks in a draft or eight picks in a draft. So, uh, I don't know. You got to look at things over time in that sense. I, I just think they still make a move. I don't think they're done yet. And I, I, we've heard some whispers of things that I would lead me to believe. We'll, we'll say it once it comes out. Uh, it's not that they're going to acquire someone. It's that there's just something else I think going on that they've been a little furry about and that there's more that meets the eye to that. I think we're going to find out here in the next couple of days. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, not even getting too much into that. It, uh, it certainly could be an interesting sort of end to the deadline here, which I think it's on Tuesday. Is it? It's not tomorrow, right? It is tomorrow at 4 p.m. 4 p.m. It is okay. on the 1st of November at 2 p.m. Gotcha. 4 p.m., pardon me. Remember, Eastern. remember the 1st of November. So, yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see one either. And there's just a lot of guys that could be had. All those guys on the Patriots that are up uh, that don't have a too crazy of a number. You've got uh, Cooks out there. That contract is kind of crazy, though. So I don't know, like, what you could really do to uh, make that happen. But, uh, yeah, there's certainly dudes. There's Deshaun Jackson going to be coming into the mix, who I think we both said we expect to be solid, if not spectacular. Still not happy with this wide receiver position, but uh, it's just kind of. I, I'm not going to spend my day being miserable after my team just acquired. It, there's awesome. something wrong with this fan base. It is insane. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't it. understand. I don't get it. Just have some fun today, you know. And, you and just watched it. Isaiah Likely, a fourth round pick. Everyone was furious that they didn't get Calvin Austin and took Charlie Cole. You just watch him go for 80 yards, have a Tony toe tap in the back of the end zone. He's six foot four, 235 pounds. There, like Chase Claypool is six four, 230 pounds. Like it's the same kind of skill set in ways. He's not a perimeter guy. He's not quite as fast. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's just everything is wide receiver. They just, mm, we have to have wide receiver. I get it. They should get one. That'd be sick. Yeah. But Baltimore Sports Providence in the comments here, the obsession around wide receiver and the Ravens fan base is so draining, bro. We get it. Yes. Everybody wants a wide receiver. That doesn't mean that Roquan Smith isn't good at football. That doesn't mean that the Ravens didn't get better in 2022 and all those things. And guess what? You're more than entitled to not like Roquan Smith, to hate the position of inside linebacker, and to be obsessed with wide receiver. It's just enjoy, enjoy doing that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to tell people how to feel because I've obviously had my my rants uh, this year, certainly, about that position and the fact that they just, they, they just can't get over the fact that you need to invest in it more than they have. I'd really like to see them do it. I am not going to spend today making this about that. I mean, they just went into Tampa on a short week and beat the Bucks with Devin Duvernay as their number one receiver, Isaiah Likely as their number one tight end, and guys like James Prochet starting to make a couple plays here and there. So their offensive line is elite. They're running the ball extremely efficiently again. They have two weeks coming up. They're getting back Ojabo. They're getting back Bowser. Hopefully, one of the if one of the two of them turns into a feasible player this year, then you have a really good pass rush. You have a really good secondary. You just got an elite coverage linebacker. Patrick Clean's playing well. You know, all of those kinds of things. Mark Andrews suffers a little injury. I do think that it was so ridiculous for them to, to throw Bateman and Andrews out there. I said it before that game, so it's not hindsight. If there's any chance, if there is a 10% chance of you losing Rashad Bateman for the season, dancing along with that injury, then you don't do it on a short week against an NFC team. Like 
If it was against the Bengals or the Browns or the Steelers, sure, I get it. And even if it was, you know, an, another AFC opponent, even that so. But NFC teams just like don't affect your tiebreakers. If you can lose a game, it is the Thursday night. And they didn't anyway without those guys. So it's like hindsight is a hammer. And the foresight was also a hammer. So don't know what was up with all that. Andrew's injury was his shoulder. That was maybe a little bit different, but I just didn't love trotting Bateman out there. And it's, you know, I hate being right about that, but don't like it. Yeah, no. And it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do against the Saints in kind of a hostile uh, hostile environment. You're not going to have Bateman. We'll see about Andrews. Uh, it does sound like Tyus Bowser is going to make his debut. So he and Ojabo both going to be activated here. Uh, and it sounds like Bowser is going to be the one to uh, get on the field first. Ojabo, we still don't know the full timeline, but he is going to be back, which is awesome to see. And awesome to see with today's news. I mean, like, I, I'm curious how much that's going to help juice up the pass rush. Does Roquan open things up for Owe a little bit in some of his own ways? Is he going to help uh, other guys as far as getting to the quarterback? I, I'd be curious to see uh, that sort of element as well with all the people talking about coverage and whatnot. It would be nice to add some finishing ability to a defense that could use it at times. For sure. And I think maybe we see more big nickel perhaps as well. You know, Pepe Williams has made some exciting plays, but in my humble opinion, no disrespect to him, but has really made some errors in coverage and just doesn't look like someone that has the long speed to be able to play some coverages and do certain tasks. I really like him in the box, but it's like, all right, well, what if we take out Pepe Williams and make that Roquan Smith who runs just as well and can do kind of some of those things too. And then you potentially are using a Stevens or a Hamilton in the slot or a Clark in the slot, or something of that nature. I, uh, I just feel like having another veteran on that field defensively as well, and less young guys. Like They have a super veteran defense now as well, and a lot of experienced guys, a lot of high-caliber guys that have high expectations. This defense has been trending up in the right direction, and I think they're going to be a scary, scary, scary sight after the bye week, Yeah, I mean, especially against a joke of a schedule. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the most exciting part is you can really start to stack things up and you can uh, try to try to go for one of the more higher seeds in the AFC. I don't know if they're one seed material necessarily on paper, but looking at this uh, schedule, it looks like things set up fairly easily for them. And I think this move is really going to help in that regard because you've got some not great quarterbacks on the schedule. You probably got PJ Walker coming to town here soon. Who knows what's happening with the Saints? I don't know if Jameis is going to be back for this game. Um, but yeah, it just uh, it sets up pretty pretty well for them, and I'll be curious to see when Bateman does come back uh it'll be huge if he can for the playoffs because I think everyone's you know everyone's complaint is we'll make a move for the wide receiver because you got to throw the ball in January and February that's how you uh win in those spots I don't necessarily disagree so it'd be great to have Bateman back for that it'll be great if Deshaun Jackson is literally even anything and uh you know other than that the, the Ravens just got a whole lot better today so the one thing that I am going to say is put some respect on Devin DuVernay's name. He is 17th in the entire NFL, including tight ends and EPA per target. He has caught every single catchable target that Extend has been thrown him. to him. What'd you say? Extend him. Yeah. Well, the, the, after this year, they can and yeah. they should. So, you know, is he a number one guy? Maybe not. Is he a good number two guy? Yes. And they also still have Mark Andrews. So Bateman stinks. They also haven't had Bateman really in a month. They had him for a couple of plays against Cincy, and he did make some huge plays there. So, uh, again, still would love to see them add to that room, considering that Bateman is hurt. But don't that doesn't mean you have to disrespect Devin Duvernay and how awesome he's been. I mean, he, he was a stud the other night, been a stud, and Greg Roman needs to put a second exclamation point on his little notepad there. And, and make sure that they keep feeding that man. Yeah, he's not the offensive MVP with Lamar and Mark in the mix there. But I mean, if there was like a uh, 
an award that went to the uh, just the guy who has that dog in them, I think it would have to go to Devin Duvernay this year. He's just been uh, he's been awesome to your point, and uh, just keep throwing. That's why I'm saying like just keep throwing darts at the board in the draft, and like you'll you'll wind up with guys like this where maybe you're not hitting home runs, but you know for every Miles Boykin, you get a Devin Duvernay. Keep throwing darts. That is very true. That's what the Steelers have done. Yeah. For, for years. So the Ravens they've had, they've had plenty darts. of misses, Sammy Coates, like things of that nature, you know, they, they don't always hit. So just, you know, they, there is, there is, you know, wisdom in continuing to throw darts at the board. Bateman is too small for the league. I see here in the comments, things of that nature. I mean, they shouldn't have played him on his foot. He was fifth in the NFL in yards per route run until that injury. He was absolutely disgusting. Bust a 75 yard touchdown. Xavier Howard makes plays against the Bengals when throwing the ball. there. just, Shouldn't have played him when he was hurt. I mean, and he's literally especially like Stephon Diggs' so. size, right? His, I mean, he's like six foot one ninety. He's not. You now he's not different, smaller than you know. I mean, Hollywood Brown is way smaller than he is, and you know, well, I guess both of those guys get hurt, so whatever. But Deshaun Jackson's played until he's thirty six, and how big is he? Like, it's size is not a skill. Do you want to say hi to Mexico? Hi, Mexico. What's up, Ruben Coronado? How you doing, man? Good. Well, Zeke Batman. We got Roquan just hopped in to say that. Good to see you, pal. Yeah. Yeah, great day, great day, great couple days here. Thursday night win, you know, big move on a Monday. I'm I'm buzzing, man. I'm happy. Should certainly be happy with this team. I mean, that, that win that they had on Thursday night was outstanding. They do have a very tough Saints team that is weird, and like John Harbaugh said, hard to play uh, at home there. But, again, this team has, has added something that is valuable, especially in two high structures. Again, that is why Jordan, like it's the same thing. Why do you draft Howie Roseman, the prince who was promised? Why do you draft Jordan Davis? Why do you trade up ahead of the Ravens? Because they are probably going to take Jordan Davis. They end up with Kyle Hamilton, who has started to look pretty good and do some fun things. It's like the analytics are pointing towards investing in safeties and linebackers and interior defensive linemen and centers more than people previously have because you're putting more stress on those guys by having less guys in the box and if you want to be able to go have a center that can go work those linebackers and run the ball effectively and do some awesome things in the run, then you get a Tyler Linderbaum. So that is what is going on. They, why, the, what are the positions that have had increases in pay over the last couple of years substantially? Safety, interior defensive linemen, and linebackers starting to get there too. So they got a really good one. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see a Roquan Smith uh, be able to go help out against the Bengals for sure. They're ailing Jamar Chase down right now. They're about to play tonight. But – Super pumped up. If you're upset that the Ravens added a 25-year-old two-time All-Pro, um, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's weird. So just that. enjoy today. You know, you can get your takes off, certainly. But uh, just try to, try, to, try to enjoy the fact that uh, your team just acquired a All-Pro linebacker with a great name, by the way, too. we got to mention that. I mean, if you get a, a chance to get a guy named Roquan, you just got to do it. One of the guys, by the way, too, that DaCosta actually like mentioned before the draft in 2018, he doesn't like, and he wasn't even the GM at that point, but like he talked to the media and like, you can always tell he's got his guys and like, he very rarely mentions guys by name, but he, he mentioned him by name. I, I always remembered that, you know, he's, he's kind of been, uh, he's probably been a little horny for him since then. And, uh, he cashes in today. So good for our guy EDC. Definitely pro football talk. Mr. Florio idea. Roquan Smith negotiates Lamar Jackson's deal with the Ravens. And Lamar Jackson negotiates Roquan Smith. Yeah, we didn't hit on that. He represents himself, too. So this is going to be uh, maybe a little... I think somebody had a comment in here earlier that it's going to be a nice tune-up for EDC when uh, Lamar uh, nukes the deadline over the bye week and they actually get back in the lab and finish that thing out, which is... That's my fan fiction. 
That would be fantastic. Hopefully that is what happens. We would love that fan fiction. And that's what I think a lot of people are hoping for. So I don't know, man. I don't know if another deal comes to fruition, but I would be surprised if the Ravens were done. I think that there are more moves to be made. I don't think you uh, you stop there. I think they can go throw a fifth-round pick around and find somebody that can help them out a little bit, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But at the same time, you know, integrating, and and I've said this on, this on here before, I do like their strategy of trading for defensive players, getting that half season out of them. They didn't end up liking Ngakwe, so they didn't extend him. They cut their losses, didn't let the sunk cost fallacy fuck them. And then... With Marcus Peters, they loved him and extended him. And I don't know, you you can use this as a little trial because defense is more universal and relative in terms of how many things you do. It's There's a lot of similar verbiage and things in comparison relatively to the offensive side of the ball. It usually takes an acquisition midseason a little bit longer to integrate in. Um, you know, Running back, that's a little bit different. Blocking concepts are what they are. There's some protections and things you have to work out, but like, Rhythm and timing in the pass game is something that usually doesn't just, you don't just do that in a week or so. So hopefully they still do make that move, but I, I am, I am sound with the logic of acquiring defensive players mid season and getting that, that extra half year to see what you can do. So it's uh, an interesting situation here in Baltimore. And if this defense turns out to be better and better and better, I mean, the Ravens are fifth in DVOA or like third in DVOA offensively. Every metric loves them. You've got the uh, expected, whatever thing, the, uh, um, the neutral field stat that they're like one of the best teams. I mean, like they, they have been loved and yeah, they've tripped over their own tail a million different times in uh, these games. It feels like, but they're sitting here at five and three, you got one more game and then you're heading into the bye, and uh, you just acquired an all pro player. So they're, uh, they're in a better spot than I think uh, we realize sometimes. So maybe just very rarely. And, and if, if you just to, uh, and I like PFF, I actually think they're getting better at what they do. And I think that they are valuable in many aspects, but it is pro bowls are one thing. If a player makes it to a Pro Bowl, they can be horrible, a la Jeremy Zuta, who also ironically had a very high PFF grade. I thought he was the worst center the Ravens have had, other than Gino Gradkowski in this entire shuffle up to Tyler Linderbaum. Goes to, Pro Bowl, goes to the Pro Bowl. All pros, that's more rare. There might be one guy per year that you're like, why is he on? Like, I think Cole Beasley got like one vote, and everyone was like, all right, what the hell? Which is sick. I mean, that's great. Yeah, and it was like one vote. So it was like, all right, you know, you know that guy's whole deal based on that. Uh, but all pro like guys don't just make all pro teams in on their rookie contract and aren't good players. Like it, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, we all take out. What do you think? We're all taked out. Hopefully we get a little bit more news here, but Roquan Smith, I think I also saw Adam Schefter say will make his debut one week from today against the saints. Yeah, there we go. So he is going to be suiting up. Hopefully they'll have a, a good uniform selection to uh, go down and play the big bad saints in the Superdome which is always going to be a tough out, but uh, he's going to help them certainly. So looking forward to that. Thank you guys for tuning in to this emergency podcast. Always fun to do these. We don't really get to do them too often. That's, you know, kind of by nature makes it an emergency thing. But uh, I guess it's thrice now that we've done this. Marcus Peters once, Yannick Ngakwe twice, Roquan Smith thrice. And hopefully this one is more like the former than the latter. Looking forward to it, seeing how it pans out, obviously. We don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be fun to watch, like I always say. So... Thank you guys for tuning in with us on this Monday. We'll be back. I'm not sure when we're going to be back. Maybe we'll do like a uh, maybe we'll do a Sunday night preview uh, with a Monday night game coming up. Always weird recording schedule with those, but uh, yeah. I mean, unless there's another deal, that's probably when you'll hear from us. 
And uh, like I said, thanks for listening. You can follow the show on social. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast Beatdown. I am at Jake Luke. That's L-O-U-Q-U-E. Spencer is at Ravens for Dummies. That's the number four in the middle there. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you later. See ya. Arrivederci. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Everything out of me. They gonna get a Super Bowl out of me. Need that. Need that.